This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And today, very excited. We finally made this interview happen. Baby money in the building. What's cracking? What's cracking? How you feeling, man? I'm feeling good. I can't complain. I feel like you're... Uh, there was like a crazy wave of Detroit rappers coming out for a minute, and then it feels like it maybe slowed down a little bit, and then you're like coming in the game. Fuck shit up. Show, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, man, the music is crazy, and it's like uh, we've been playing it a lot in the office and stuff, so I'm definitely feeling the movement. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Where, where are you from in Detroit? 12th Street. Okay. Not the one on BMF, though. It's like 30, 40 minutes away from it. Okay. So it's just a really long street? Hell no, I'd like break up because the city break up like to Detroit, Southwest, and downtown. Right. So you got like number streets, eat course, it go all the way out there towards the airport. I'm from like Grand Boulevard, Midtown area, five minutes from downtown. Okay. So uh, what was it like growing up? What type of area is that? Dangerous, but it's all right. It felt like that, like from the beginning, it was. It felt like a an intense place. Hell yeah, especially I was young as hell, but I got in the streets when I was like six, so. Mm. Yeah. You're six. Hell yeah, bro. I don't even know if I could shit in a toilet at six. <laughs> what, what, what? Describe being in the streets though. Like, what, what did that uh, look like? I ain't gonna say I was in the streets. Let's let's take that back because I wasn't something working. Out. I was just I was a watcher at six. I was mm. circling the block, letting them know when the police come get a hundred a day. Really shooting dice with all the older niggas. Wow. So you just like saw what the game was at a real young age. For sure. And did you even like understand what they were selling? Hell no. <laughs> Hell fuck no. When did it start to kick in, though? Because you, you see a junkie at some point, and it starts to kind of make sense to when you, When I'm right? sitting in a spot with them playing the game, and I see niggas, you know, you see that shit. I'm probably like 10, 11. Right. So. Like, damn, we're not selling candy. Yeah. This shit has a <laughs> negative impact on people at a certain point. Yeah. Right. So, like, how how that, or what was your parents like? And how, how what was their perspective on what you were doing at that time? See, my pops died when I was five. Okay. It was really just my mom. I got eight brothers and sisters, nine of us. So I said, just my mom. She, she probably can't keep up with all of us. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Eight brothers and sisters. You the youngest one, or no, I'm the middle child. Okay. And what was your dad like? Did you you knew him before he passed? I remember a little shit. Like I remember one night I was with the nigga. Uh, he was jumping the gate. Some shit might have been a dream. I don't know. <laughs> you never know for real. For but you might have been jumping the gate with him. Yeah, he was jumping the gate. Car coming up the alley. We jumped back over the gate. He took me in the house. Right. Yeah, that's that's one thing. I remember getting money from the nigga, getting pizza and shit. I found the gun under his couch. Nigga told me he's in the army. <laughs> <laughs> is that a good excuse or is that a little much? Yeah, it was good. I, I, uh, I said that shit to my grandma. 
Like I was like 15. She like, nah, he told me, told you that though. Right. Damn, that's crazy. Um, your dad was a rapper? Hell yeah. I heard you say that on the one song. They say you rap just like your dad. Hell yeah, I found that like what, three years ago. But did you do you remember him rapping or is this just like older heads had to put you on? No, nah, he was in Eight Mile though, the movie, Eminem movie. Really? Hell yeah. So he was always at them little rap battles and shit. He's in like the last battle, he like in the back of him got a little mink on and shit. Wow. That's legendary. Did he have albums out and shit like that? Is there anything you can go back to? They said some shit called Cash Cartel, but everybody I be trying to find that rap with him. They act like they ain't got that shit. Really? I got one song, you going crazy on that bitch, though. Really? So this is like way back in the day, or is it shit that might be on YouTube? 90s. Okay. Some shit never probably make it to YouTube. Right. If I find it, though, for sure, it's going to make it on there. You would want to put it up? Hell yeah. It's like a tribute? Probably make it a little skit on the tape or something. Mm, there you go. So does your dad's like old friends, are they impressed by what you're doing now and, and seeing you keeping that lineage alive? Yeah, I don't really know nothing of them niggas, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I for sure um all right so so what was it like growing up in the game like as as you kind of get older like do they start giving you different opportunities to get money in different ways as you get a little bit older more mature no so i got like like i told you i got eight brothers and sisters shit. at 13 i was breaking in the house and shit. really yeah yeah breaking the house making money shooting dice still right yeah nigga ain't really starting getting in the streets for real for real until I was like 15. Okay. And did you have legal issues like where the cops a constant issue or was Detroit so crazy that you weren't really running into that? I got too much. Uh, hell yeah. Okay. I've been on with probation since I was like 16, dude. Right. Every but, time I get off, there's always some bullshit. You didn't start getting caught up though until you were a bit older? Yeah, for sure, for sure. You had a nice runway there? Because that's when you really want to get caught is when you're like 12, right? Yeah, yeah, for that shit can be out the way. They don't even charge you with nothing, for real, for real. Right. You ever got caught running up in people's houses and shit? Hell no. No? Uh-uh. Wow. What's what's that game like, though, out there? You got to drive outside the city some nice neighborhoods? Hell no. Right. Just you wherever? You go off like what you see. You see somebody nice? Oh, right. Where they live at? Right. In there. That shit was so long ago, though. I don't think niggas even do that no more in this city. They do it out here. <laughs> for sure. I mean, yeah, that, like, all right, so when you see something like, like, L.A. is getting a really bad reputation yesterday, rest in peace, P&B Rock, you know, yeah, sure. just trying to eat in a fucking Roscoe's. We don't really know why he was in a Roscoe's in, like, probably the worst Roscoe's that you could go to in the hood. But, you know, it's just, like, left and right. Nowadays, like, if a rapper is out here and he got his jewelry on and shit like that, people are just eager to separate it from him. Like, w- was that the vibe very much when you were growing up too that if you if you had something nice you got a nice watch or whatever that it was almost inevitable somebody's gonna take try to take it uh, not for my hood my hood was like a little get money area for real but for the city probably for sure for sure all that going out being drunk you, you know that's lacking in, in, in the city for real for real so you, like people would be going down to the bars and figuring yeah. out little <laughs> schemes and shit yeah that's how it go interesting Nah, but I feel like that same mentality, though, of, like, get money, which we used to associate with, like, oh, that's people who sell drugs, like, hustlers, et cetera. A lot of those same people, realistically, there's only so many people that could be making money selling drugs, so they're really turning to the robbery shit and trying to do that on a day-to-day basis. And that's what's really making the city crazy as fuck, is just having jackboys going out every day like it's their job. For sure, for sure. Mm. So what what was the sound of your childhood? Were you listening to a lot of Detroit music or you listening to whatever was popular? Yeah, yeah, we was listening to Jeezy. Like my hood a big Jeezy. We Jeezy area for sure, for sure. Interesting. Listen to Jeezy. You got uh, Blade Icewood from the city. Okay. Doughboys, Team Eastside. That's 
Ray Peasy or right. shit like that. Yeah, yeah. We even had like a stretch money. We had a nigga named Stretch Money. He's hard. Okay. He was hard. Damn, so even back then, the PZ's wave was already like fully underway and Ray and all these guys? For sure, for sure. That's good to know. You've been putting in work for a long time. Oh, my niggas right there. That's a big L I took is when I did the PZ interview. I didn't really like pry about the team east side thing. I should have got some some history. Yeah, yeah, they've been going for a minute since I was a kid. Shit. Before I even started rapping, I rapping, I started rapping I was 13. Right. L, but Detroit's kind of like that where a lot of times rappers coming out these days, you know, the 16, 17, 18-year-old kid, and he just comes out, he got a cool image, cool, cool beats, whatever. But a lot of times, like, in Detroit, when I'm having conversations with people, I realize that they've been grinding for, like, eight, oh, gotcha. ten years, et cetera, to really build up to the point that they're at now. PZ, Babyface Ray, all them, they all fit into that category pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Them last, these last probably two to three years, we had a light on us, the niggas getting in the dough for sure. Yeah. I feel like Detroit, like, the new Chicago in a way where it's... Yeah, when everybody was popping out crazy in right. Chicago, Chief Keith, Louis Reese, I don't for sure. But, like, cities just become like that over time. You know, like, there's an entrenched enough rap scene that people actually, like, you know, really look to that city. And, like, you know, it's not... There's, like, a weird vibe where, like, if you were a rapper from Wichita and you popped off, it's like... The whole conversation is gonna be like, man, this dude's from a weird ass place. Like, we don't know nothing about <laughs> this just, place. It really just take time for motherfuckers to catch on to right. it for real, for real. Motherfuckers. At a time, we was feeling like we was blackballed, but mm. the light wasn't just there yet. You feel what I'm saying? Right. Was there a time where you felt like the only way you were gonna come up out of Detroit was to get signed by like one of the few big names from Detroit? Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I dodged a lot of that shit. Right. You had people trying to sign you early on and all that. Hell yeah, a lot of people trying to sign me. Really. And you, you didn't go for any of them? No, I wasn't feeling it for real, for real. Like, I click on it. They send you that one-page contract. You get in the email, click on that bitch's 14 pages. Right. Like, no, you ain't about to finesse me now. Yeah, that's that's the conversation now about, like, Fabio Foreign and Mace and shit like that. He signed him for 5000 back in the day. I didn't know that. But the deal was that, like, Mace could basically, like, then take control of his career and find somebody to actually sign him and then they have you know a different percentage on the amount of money that they gave from a label or whatever you know mm -hmm. he's trying to get a million from a label and then split it up whatever it is 60 40 and it's like that that just gives people a window into like what it might be like to sign to a rapper early in the game and sort of have a lot less control and uh -huh. you know yeah i, tell you, I say motherfuckers need to take their time on it yeah definitely just go because somebody offer you some money you got to know what that shit for. Like, why are you giving me this much money first? Right. You know? Yeah, it seems like a lot of the fans are a lot more aware now. Hell yeah, hell yeah. I hear nobody-ass rappers being like, I don't want to sign to a rapper. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, like, you should be thankful to sign to anybody. But at the same time, if you really <laughs> believe in your talent, that is a, a smart attitude or a confident attitude, you know? Yeah, if you feel like you ain't going to just last and take the deal, then if that's how you feel for real. Right. If you don't feel like your shit works, like, I'm going to wait till I really get what I want. Definitely. You graduate high school? No, I dropped out of tenth grade. Okay. Got my GED. Probably three years after that. Oh really? What made you even get the GED? Probation. And you had to. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when did you actually start getting locked up? Uh, 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Probably when I was like 18. 18? Yeah. Like for how long? What's the longest stretch you ever did? Two or three months. I ain't never been that bitch for no year. Okay. Yeah. But two or three months, like around that time, like how much did that change you or, or what did you learn from that? Stop doing dumbass shit. <laughs> for real, for real. Because it's like when you got so much shit going on, like I just got locked up a couple months ago. That shit slow your buzz down when you really going to just dumb shit. Just right. slow down. Catch you. You know, catch up with yourself. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of rappers we had over the years who you can basically look at their career on it. Because people always want to act like a rapper going to jail is good for their career. Hell, fuck no. Some small percentage of the time, that yeah, could be they like. come out harder. Yeah. Come out with a hit. Right, for sure. Or for like sure. the people love them so much when they go in that it's like they're just waiting for them to get out. Uh-huh. But I mean, like, let's be real. If you're in an early stage of your career, you you gotta keep these people on the hook. I seen yeah, plenty of rappers ain't who are nothing cool about yeah. getting caught. Right. I, I seen plenty of rappers who are getting half a million views per video. They get locked up. They come out. They get fifty thousand, mm-hmm. and then they gotta really grind and like it slowed you down. Now you gotta yeah. start all the way back over. Mm-hmm. So you gotta people, get away from this. Rappers are like you know people get on like a routine with them. Like that you know if somebody is a fan of you enough that like you drop a new project and they're gonna click on it and listen to it or they're gonna click on your new music video. Mm-hmm. That's a sacred thing, you know? Like, you gotta you gotta respect that. And and if the person, you get locked up for two years and you come out and, like, your fans are like, nah, like, we listen to this dude now. It's like, you gotta kind of understand it because you're, you're like that with some people, you know? Yeah, like, you, shit, you fucked up at that point. You feel upset. Like, right. You slowed yourself down literally, though. Right. So that long stretch gonna really fuck you up. You're gonna have to start back from getting 10,000 to 50,000, then 100,000, then you probably back at a half a million to a million. Is, do, you, do you keep that in mind? And do you always want to have a bunch of videos on deck in case something happens to you so you'd be able to fill that gap? No, it ain't about, I ain't, I ain't thinking that something happened to me. I just want to keep a lot of videos because I'm working. Like, right. you can't hold all the music or they ain't going to never hear shit. You feel what I'm saying? So, right. Gotta have shit put up. So, when you were getting locked up though, like, was that shit pretty vicious or was it kind of just boring? No, it was boring as fuck. Really? It's not like a wild ass jail. Hell no, I was in the county. That shit ain't. They ain't sent me up to the jail. Let me tell you, the L.A. rappers I've interviewed have got me real scared of the county. <laughs> Our county, you got to do quarantine in that bitch, all type of shit. So you really in your cell? Only had two months, then they put you in the ten man. Really? Mm-hmm. Wait, they quarantine you when you go in. Uh-huh. So if you have COVID, it can run. Yeah, you got to stay in there till like fourteen days. Oh wow! And then they put you around everybody, uh-huh. but it's mostly not. It's not some shit where you gotta like fight people right away and all that kind of stuff. No, not for real. Really? Not for real. Hmm. I'd rather get locked up there than L.A. Based on the sounds of it. <laughs> um. So w- when you actually like turn your attention towards music? When I was when I was fifteen, my brother died. I was a nigga who always made me go to the studio, pay for the studio time. You feel me? So when he died, I was like, oh no, I gotta keep going. You feel me? Right. So he was always pushing you? Yeah, yeah. He he saw a vision in you beyond himself? Or like what was his music Hell like? Yeah, yeah. Like, he don't even make music, but he taking his time out to go to the studio with me and sit in that bitch and make sure I do the right song or say the right shit. 
Right. How did he pass? Uh, he got shot. Really? What was uh, that like for the family and everything? Because, I mean, you said you had eight brothers and sisters, but he, he played a big role in all that? Yeah, yeah. He was my cousin who lived with me, so he was like a brother to me, too. You feel me? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Fucked the family up. That's tough. Um, so did that did that change your music or just, like, made you more focused on wanting to be it more committed to it? made me more focused, but it changed my music for sure because it made me uh, talk about most shit put more pain into it, like the shit that we went through, you feel what I'm saying? Shit that people would never know, shit you gotta just express. Can't hold that shit in, it's gonna fuck your head up. Yeah, that's interesting, because Detroit, like a lot of the rappers who've blown up the last couple of years, realistically, them being funny is a big part of the appeal. Like when we think about Rio or, you know, a lot of these guys, PZ even, it's like when, when you think about them, they're, I'm not going to say they're punchline rappers, but they got a lot of punchlines and there's definitely a lot of fans. They talk crazy, yeah. though, at the same time. You feel, they probably throw a joke in there and make you laugh. They talking crazy, though. Right. But that's also like Detroit tradition in a lot of ways that there's a lot of rappers. they saying a lot of shit that we understand. A lot mm -hmm. of people might not understand it, so we understand the shit that they actually saying because we around each other every day, you feel me? Right. But then when you look at Rap as a whole, there's a lot of rap. Like you look at a young boy or a Dirk or who, no cap, etc. Like there's a lot of people who the the whole thing now, music wise, is that they really want to make you feel their their pain or their emotion or whatever. The like shit that they've been through. Yeah. How how do you think about that divide? Where it's, it, it seems like two very distinct styles. Yeah, but they saying what they seeing every day. They saying what they going through. It's still the same thing. Mm. It's still the same thing. You just seeing they saying what they see around them. They in the trap seeing that shit. They saying what they went through already. Right. That's the one thing I like about somebody like Rio is that he will make himself sound worse than he is to make you laugh when he's rapping. Like he'll <laughs> yeah. really say some shit. He'll laugh then yeah. two bars later, you're gonna be like, damn, that's actually hard as hell what he just said. Bro. Right. For sure. When I was interviewing I said something about, you know, one of the bars about beating his girl and he goes, Imagine how my bitch feel. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's like, I'm not even doing this shit, and I rap about it because it's yeah. funny or because it'll make people laugh. And then he got to deal with the reality of like his girl being like, "Why the fuck you got people DMing me asking if you're Thinking hitting like, me?" I got my ass with my. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's funny. Um, all right. So once you start getting in the game, though, like, or or so your your brother was encouraging you to get into it. Then how do you go about taking it more serious after that? And 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 so you know, like back in the day, ten thousand views was that million back in the day. Like, right. then you get ten thousand views, you the you you the man. You feel what I'm saying? So I I ended up getting like ten thousand views. Then I dropped a song called No New Friends. Mm -hmm. I got like two hundred thousand views in like three weeks. And after that, I just kept going, just going to the studio every day. Made it my job. Right, because once you start seeing that momentum. That's got to be super And once addictive. motherfuckers keep running up to you, like, when you going to drop? When you going to drop? It make you want to go to the studio. I was doing songs with people for a long time. It's, I had to really take my time. I'm like, do a solo song and see how people feel about it. Mm. And when I did that, people was fucking with it. Yeah, because, I mean, your style is pretty interesting because you, you put a lot of real shit into your shit. You're not really trying to be funny that often. It's more just straight. I mean, you got punchlines, I guess you could say. But for the most part, it's pretty much like you're just trying to hit people over the head with some real shit, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to make you see what I see. You feel me? Understand me a little more. Right. Definitely. Where did where, the baby money name come from? I always been the youngest nigga around, so. Really? Yeah, yeah. And I used to go around my hood asking everybody for dollars. They used to call me like dollar. Uh, then I got Los. I was low so for a minute. Okay. Then I was the youngest nigga around getting money, doing what he was doing. So it was baby money. And my brother named Tello's money. So baby money. Do you think you could ever outgrow the name or you love it? 
I love the name. It's not like being, you know, Young Jeezy uh, at some point became Jeezy. <laughs> right, right. I feel you. Right. But I don't know. You never know. I think like Young and Lil are very much like indicative of a, a young person, whereas the baby, like n- nobody thinks that baby from Cash Money is going to change his name, right? Yeah. He's he buried, man. Yeah. Baby, he got two names. I might have two names. You never know. You don't have any additional rap names right now? or No. Nah, my name Los to my people. Right. Got it. Um, yeah, because I, I did notice uh, that you, you haven't been terribly reliant on features, which a lot of rappers from Detroit, I feel like that's kind of their bread and butter, is that they're always hopping on a song three, four deep. I don't know. I, I be in the studio by myself so much, I just be having so many songs. Really? Hell yeah. I fuck with everybody though. I do songs with motherfuckers. Just be like, I be I be chilling for real, for real. So if I pop out and y'all at the booth, I'm gonna pull up and hop on that bitch though. Right? Are there like frequent crazy ass recording sessions like that in Detroit where it'll just be? Hell yeah! One night everybody's just in the booth. The whole city just there. It'd be like that. That's gotta be tough, like competitive wise. No, not for real. We are people. Right. For me, I'm being myself on that bitch, so it really ain't no competition for me. All right, I'm picturing myself as a rapper. I walk in the booth, I spit spit a hard verse, and then I'm looking out the glass at everybody else. You got to think about who <laughs> in this bitch, though. It might be some crazy. We might be Ray in this bitch, me, right. P, Viz, right. Somebody going to come crazy regardless. And that's a good point is that, yeah, there's a lot of hard rappers. But, I mean, if there's a lot of hard rappers, there's going to be a lot of homies, too. And mm-hmm. it's like you know that it's just going to be some kind of weird pressure on you as soon as you spit a verse. So, like, who's See, getting on the next? It don't be like who's going who gonna to have the hardest verse. Let's make a good song, make everybody feel this shit. Right. So the niggas ain't really in there competing on the verse. It doesn't feel competitive. No, not for me. Interesting. I guess, like, everybody has such different styles and it's not really it's not like a lyrical competition it's more like a stylistic competition if anything yeah because i was surprised honestly when i saw uh i I was watching the wallow uh piece that he did shout out to wallow when he went to uh detroit was filming with you and you know vezo is a pretty uh calm collected dude he don't really you know i i just know that he wouldn't be hyping somebody up if he didn't really think that about them and he was like really genuinely co-signing you like how do you know him like that that's my nigga. I knew Vez about probably like eight years now from a young nigga just popping up to their studio session, seeing him or everybody pulling up on Poe. Or I got a little block in the city that everybody pull up on. Like, you get a new whip, you're going to slide through Poe because everybody out there. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, and it's niggas from different hoods. You're going to be comfortable. You ain't got to worry about no bullshit. Everybody going to stop over here. He seen me hustling. He seen me on the block. I ain't seen him. You feel what I'm saying? So All right. I made that connection probably like seven years ago for sure. For sure. That's crazy because, I mean, like even even I think two years ago I interviewed Vezo and I felt like I was getting him when he was coming out. But it's it's crazy to I think know, he Vez actually had, had been simmering for that long. Yeah, Bro, I'm 25. I've been listening to Vez since I was 11, 12. Damn. Vez got a long run for sure. Definitely. You used to buy lean on him back in the day? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he stressed that. He stressed that he made a lot of money at one point in his life, I believe. Yeah, I was, man. I was impressed. Um, when when did that come into your life? What, the drink? Yeah. I was 15. 15? Hell yeah. Is that one of the reasons why you dropped out of high school? Hell no. <laughs> I don't think I was drinking when I, uh... Oh, no, I started drinking like ninth grade, though, for sure, for sure. But that's not why I dropped out of high school. I was making money, you feel me? So right. a nigga making, I'm 15, 16, with motherfucking 20,000. It's like, damn, I'm going to school to find a way to make money. Right. I'm making money. Why I got to go to school? Right. 
But if you're making money, drinking lean is probably one of the best ways to separate yourself from that money. Hell no, I had my own. I moved out the crib when I was 14. I had my own house when I was 14. Right. So I was already just on some grown people shit. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like, like my brothers don't drop out really being a follower. Like, my brothers don't ain't going to that bitch. Right. Why would I go? I was just saying, like, lean is by far the most expensive drug. Hell yeah. And that shit weak. If you're 15, I'm going to be honest with you, I think that your ability to, to hustle or to do well in school or whatever is going to be somewhat affected by the lean. It's like the biggest drug that's probably just going to slow you down. Weed, drinking lean, probably. Yeah. For sure, for sure. What, 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 do you feel like you need that to be creative in the studio? or Hell is it no, just... I ain't drunk lean fucking probably six months. Damn, you fell back on it like that? Yeah, when I went to jail, I went drinking lean. Uh, so I came out. I was just like, fuck it. But you didn't want to, like, get back on it once you got out? Yeah, you know, you see that shit. Be like, man, I see it pull up. But it'd be like, hell no. Nah. It is crazy how a lot of people I know, the reason why they stopped was because the court shit basically, like, forced them see, to stop. the same thing, yeah. Right. That's dope, though, that you were able to use that as a positive thing and come out. Yeah, like yeah especially when it's going to fuck with you while you're on probation. Hell mm, no. Nah. Oh, yeah, that too. Could you see yourself ever getting back on it if you if you felt the need or came across, across some nice pints right out of state? Now, as of right now, <laughs> as of right now, my mind like fuck it, you feel me? But I ain't gonna never say I, I never do it. You never know. Right. So when do you really feel like you, you're talking about getting 100, 200 thousand views on those videos early on? Like, is that when you felt like the career was really kicking off, or like how did shit proceed from there? Because obviously at some point QC swoops in and they start supporting you like like at what point did that happen uh so when they really got me like i'm a, it's my job i'm going here every day i ain't doing shit else when i drop my clear bubble right drop my song my clear bubble then they got to booking me out of town got to getting big checks in my distro so it's really like hold on you feel what i'm saying like i gotta do this every day this shit paying the bills instead of just sitting on the block serving waiting for the police to pull up to run or something you feel me right so you made, like, an actual real transition right there? You were like, I'm just going to leave the street yeah, shit behind. Yeah, that's the sacrifice. You got to do it. It's going to be sacrifices, bro. So mm. it's like, I can go this way, stay in the street, so I can go this way and find a legal route and don't even have to do this shit no more. Yeah, I mean, right there you have, like, an opportunity that, you know, 99.9% .9 of people who are selling drugs are not ever going to have. Yeah, that's some, this one, one-in-a-lifetime shit. You don't want to fuck this up. Right. So how does QC approach you? Uh, I was actually in uh, New York with my man's Noodles and my other manager, Q. So we in New York. Uh, I think we went to Quad Studios to record. I played a couple songs for him. I played my song, Impatient. My man's Noodles like, man, I'm about to get you signed to Columbia. So I'm thinking, like, I'm about to go to Columbia. Then the next day, like, you're going to Warner Brothers. Then at, like, 3 o'clock, they telling me to check my DM. It's P. P, the motherfucking DM me back. I wrote him, like, five years ago, like, you're going to be signing me soon. So he, he DM me back. We ended up getting on the phone. They flew me out to the A. And shit, we went from there. I wonder how much that meant to him to see that DM. Because I always love that shit. When I, like, reach out to somebody and then I realize they hit me up in 2017. And I'm just like, God damn, that's crazy. Yeah, how you be feeling? Though? Like, do you feel like, damn, I could have been on him? You feel me? Sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, damn, I missed out. And sometimes I'm like, damn, you probably weren't on shit five, six years ago. There's no <laughs> way I could have known, you know? Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn, but okay, that's that's pretty. That's like a big distinction because I mean, when you look at QC, I mean, it's hard to think of anybody who's like running the rap game too much more than them. Mm -hmm. But they never really fucked with somebody from Detroit before, right? For sure, for sure. So what did that feel like for them to sort of? It, it fucked me up though, cause ain't nobody ever think 
niggas say it all the time though. Like, damn, if I had the scientists, my eyes sound a QC. Right. It's almost like a meme. Yeah, like, <laughs> like for real, for real. If, with the girls coming around, like, damn, you think I should have signed with QC? You ever yeah. see that? <laughs> you gotta make that. Your you homie starts saying that in front of your friend. You gotta make that. <laughs> for real though, that shit fucked me up though, because I ain't never think I didn't watch these niggas since kids from Versace. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't watch them from kids, so for them niggas to even for him to write me back, it blew me. Right. Like, damn, we about to sign it up. So you went out to the A. Uh huh. And what was that like? It was fire. We sat down, let them hear some music and shit. We went to eight. Uh, after that, we chilled. We chilled. I flew back for like two weeks. Then we went from there. Was it impressive just seeing the scale of their operation and how they move around yeah, out there? Yeah, it's impressive. For, shit, I seen them start from scratch. Right. You feel me? So to see the shit that they got now, like, all right, there's really some shit in here that make you want to just do this shit. I know. I remember when it was just OG Mako and fucking... Uh, Skip of the Flipper and Migos. Uh-huh, that shit crazy. Back in the day. Who, who would have known? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would have known? You know? Hell yeah. That's crazy, actually. Um, all right, so then they start talking about the conversation and stuff. What did you feel like they were bringing to the table that you wouldn't necessarily be able to do on your own? Uh, just put me on that bigger platform. See, I've been rapping since I was 12. I was going to be on a bigger platform. I would have found that motherfucker already for me. Right. You feel what I'm saying? So just that opportunity period. Yeah. Just like put me in more people's faces. Mm-hmm. See, they did it for everybody else. You feel what I'm saying? For sure. And are, are they the ones who lined you up with Walla as your day to day manager? I actually or? met Walla. Walla was down here with Peasy. I ended okay. up pulling up on Peasy. That's how I met Walla. Oh, okay. For sure. And he ended up coming back like three months later. Right. And then, yeah, because I, I had forgot about it until I saw his interview the other day and that he is basically doing A&R type stuff for, for QC. And so then it just made sense that you guys could start working together. Yeah, yeah, that's my guy. That's dope. Is it I, like a lot of people when they sign to a label, their mentality is like, damn, well, they got this guy and this guy. Like, how much attention am I really going to be able to I get? Ain't no competition for me. You don't feel like that? No competition for me. I mean, but when the same label is in charge of pushing you, that's in charge of pushing little baby. You so could imagine. I need to get done. Right. It ain't stopping now. Okay. I mean, I just, you know, a lot of people might have that concern. I'm sure at this point, you they have enough too artists. Much you need to focus on yourself mm. so you can get in their position, shit. Right. I ain't in no competition. Have you been around all the sort of QC All Stars? Yeah, yeah. And what, what's the vibe like? I fuck with them. They're cool as hell. That's sick. That's good. You're not you're not uh, intimately familiar with the Migos breakup? No, I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> you see Ak uh, trying to get Yachty to tell him all about it on his podcast? Nope, I ain't see it. That was funny. <laughs> Yachty just had the look in his eye, like, I know I something, but I'm not telling you shit. <laughs> I gotta watch. <laughs> For sure. What? Okay, so what's the relationship with Doug? How did that happen? Because you've been on a lot of his songs on his earlier projects. Oh, Doug, uh, when Doug got out, he was fucking with my shit. I was fucking with his music, too. Shit, we ended up going to the studio at Joseph McFashion. We did, like, three songs. Like, this bitch up was one of them. Okay. And this is kind of, like, before Doug had fully blown up, or is this when he was first starting to catch fire? Uh, it was, like... Right before he blew up. He probably, he probably signed like a month later, actually. Right. Damn. That's a wild uh, situation as well. Yeah. It's good to uh, it's good that that worked out. What uh, One thing I noticed about you is that in a lot of the videos, you tend to just have like insane piles of cash on you, like so, sometimes <laughs> like almost as tall as yourself. <laughs> At what point does that kind of become part of your uh, image? I don't know. It's always part of my image. Shit. That's why my name Baby Money. Right. I always had money, shit. But you got to move around a certain way when you got like 
All that money on you, right? Yeah, I've been moving like this since a kid. I just told you I moved out when I was 14. Right. Was, uh, you got to know how to move. I'm just scared of that kind of advertising, dude. I don't want to fuck because even if you pull that out, we we do a if we, if we do a prank video in here and we got a hundred thousand dollars in fake money, whatever. I mean, there's a chunk of my brain that's like some idiot is gonna think I really got a hundred thousand dollars in my fucking backpack. Ain't nobody gonna be able to find me, man. Yeah, I'm low. That's the right attitude. What uh, you were telling me that you were a very accomplished uh, dice hustler back in the day. That was part of it. <laughs> for sure, for sure. What, what what makes you good at dice? I don't know. I don't know if it's luck or I just got a cold ass wrist. Yeah, it's all about the wrist, though. I feel like there needs to be more <laughs> randomization in that shit. Because if you can actually control is. the dice with your wrist, that seems like it's fucking the game. Up. It's the confidence. Like, it's the confidence when you shaking these motherfuckers. Like, man, I'm about to hit a seven. Shit. Right. Is it also like if you you make a bet with somebody and then like they're unclear on the terms of the bet that you're kind of like shifting the terms of the bet to make it more beneficial to you while you're betting? Hell no, you better know how to shoot dice. That's some shisty shit, though, I feel like would probably be a big part of it. Hell no, you better, <laughs> if you here, you better know how to shoot dice. If I bet a 5-9, you better know what a 5-9 is. Okay, what's a 5-9? See, I'm betting you on a 5-9. If I hit a 5, my point nine, I hit a 5, we're going to keep rolling. If I hit a 9, I hit my point. How often does the dice game get shot up? None of my dice games. I've been that guy shot up. For real? They used to, when I lived in New York, there would be dice games on the corner on my block, and I, I heard it get shot up once or twice. <laughs> Hell no, none of my dice games get shot up. That's good. This shit professional at this point. Really? You start a little casino out there in Detroit. Yeah, they need to. <laughs> Money's casino. Do you, um, oh yeah, Easy Money. That's your your crew at this point? Yeah, 3G. How how many people are a part of that? And do you have artists that you're trying to push at a certain point? Yeah, I, I got like, I'm going to call them my artists because they're my brothers. Right. Uh, but you got J-Bo Money, uh, Demo, Wheezy. Uh, Kills, Debo, got like five. It's a lot of us that rap shit. This is how we start rapping, going in the studio all together, getting on one song. You feel me? So, yeah, about to hear him though. This, I say what twenty three. We gonna take over. You think the posse track is dead? The who? The posse track of like just doing a song with ten people on it. Like, is that shit still alive? It feels like it kind of fell off at a certain point. No, I, I probably say not. If you got ten of the right people on it, DJ Khaled put the right people on his songs. Yeah. It be hard. I just, I feel like the era of rap where there would just be like a beat and then you'd have like 20 New York rappers rapping on the beat in a row, that that wasn't it. Like, that's not really like how music is meant to be heard, in my opinion. <laughs> Man, what? <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. It's just too much of a good thing, you know? Like, if if you have a song with Lil Baby, I just, I don't want you to get like four of your friends on it, too. You yeah, know? Nah. Let's just keep it, just, just, just you and him. Two like, that races. would be cool. Yeah, so we can really races. focus on it. But you listen to a lot of those Tupac songs back in the day. It's like, damn, he like did a song and then he let five of his friends rap on it after he was done. He go crazy on that bitch. <laughs> then let everybody else jump on it. That's no studio session. That's how this shit started. Yeah. That's when you like record your verse and then you walk out and go in the other studio and they just start come going crazy in, on it. And you come back in and everybody on there, even the engineer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Engineer's cousins on there. Yep. Okay. So from your perspective, What's like what what needs to happen in, in order for the blow up to continue? Are you thinking about your next project or are you just thinking about dropping videos and one offs and Hell yeah, I'm about to drop uh, September twenty third, new money. I got like sixteen songs on there, I believe. Right. All fire. So each project is like a different blank money? Yeah, but the next one's gonna be a little different. Okay. It's gonna be hard. I'm already in the works of it. You're gonna switch it up. Yeah, yeah. That's what's up. Um 
All right. Anything else we need to know about baby money? Y'all need to know I'm coming. Bang all my shit. 3G. I got like five, six brothers y'all about to hear this year. And shit, stay tuned, man. We about to take over. That's what's up, man. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be tuned in. I appreciate you having me. My man, baby money. No jumper. Coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, TikTok, Patreon, Instagram, etc. Like, comment, subscribe. Nojumper.com if you want to support. Go turn my man up on Spotify and all streaming services. You feel me?